So, okay, so you thought that you had the, the situation under control with the lamp, but you haven't. Uh, I'm just very orange, aren't I, really? Uh, you just It's just your face. It's just your face. I'm just going to have to live with it. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah. Hello and welcome all in to the M.O. Podcast. As always, you're here with me, Consumatious Ant. And me, Atreya. Today, we are going to be talking about the Floriana Affair. Now, when you think of the Galapagos Islands, it conjures up images of palm trees, white beaches... Charles Darwin riding them giant tortoises, those big-headed statues. What you may not visualise is shark-filled bays, territorial disputes within a small German immigrant population, and disappearances and mysteries that are worthy of Agatha Christie. Mm. But this is what we've got. Hey, get in there. So... The Gal- I think I might move. <laughs> well, the Galapagos Islands are not where I thought they were. I'll be 100% honest with you. Uh, I thought they were on the other side of South America, but they're an archipelago of volcanic islands that are off the coast of Ecuador. Now, they were made famous by Charles Darwin when he ruined religion for everyone. The, I mean, religion ruined religion. Well, yeah, exactly. People <laughs> would try to find a way out of it, and uh, he offered an easy solution. Uh, <laughs> but the islands were first discovered by accident in 1535, when the Bishop of Panama stumbled upon them while he was on his way to sort out a dispute between two conquistadors in Peru. <laughs> now, <laughs> as random... That's an interesting way to pass your time. Yeah, as random as that is... Many people visited the islands after they were discovered, but because the majority of them were uninhabitable, only pirates were regular visitors to the island of Floriana. Now, the only reason why they were regular visitors is because they were dropping off their booty that they'd plundered from the Spanish galleons that had been stealing gold and doubloons from South America. Now, The first permanent resident on the island of uh, Floriana was an Irish pirate that, in true Captain Jack fashion, was marooned on the island. (laughs) Patrick Watkins managed to stay on the island for two years, between 1807 and 1809. Now, he managed to... What a ledge. Yeah, seriously. He managed to stay alive by hunting animals and growing vegetables. He also chiseled out living quarters in a cave, complete with a bed cut out of the rock. No way! Yeah. Oh my god, this guy's a genius. Bear girls eat hard. Yeah, he's still there. I think much as 100% as I can find out, he's still there to this day, uh, that cave. So cool. Now, 
1818, after a mother load of sperm whales were discovered using the area as one of their travelling routes, a horde of whalers descended on the island, so many so that a post office was set up so sailors could send their postcards and ambergris back to their loved ones. Wow. So there was nothing else there, just a bunch of whales and a post office. Yeah. I mean... I use the word post office. It was a wooden barrel on a pole and <laughs> the letters were dropped off in there and they were collected sporadically and taken back to the mainland. The wooden poles the the wooden barrel's still there to this day and visitors on the island can rifle through the mail and take it with them if they live in the area of where the letter is addressed to, apparently. <laughs> I wanna go. So, in 1820, the island was set on fire after a prank went wrong. Yeah, it's got a lot... That's a, ri- that's a really, really wrong prank yeah. for a whole island yeah. <laughs> to be on fire. Now, Thomas Chapel, who was the helmsman of the whaling ship, the Essex, which went on to be sunk by a massive sperm whale and was the uh, inspiration for the novel Moby Dick... He thought it'd be super funny to set a little fire to scare his crewmates. Unfortunately, as this was the height of the dry season, the fire quickly spread. Up to the point that even after a full day of sailing away, the Essex could still see the fire visible on the horizon. Why did he think that would be funny? I mean... what kind of prank is funny where somebody sets something on fire? Like, hey, I've set something on fire, and you're like, all right, dickhead. You've seen the fucking pranks on TikTok. Come on. I mean, it's not that far below it. True. But nobody's laughing at them. Well, exactly. You just think those people are assholes. I don't think anyone was laughing at this. I think they were like, right, let's uh, haul ass to Mexico from this. <laughs> You've made because, a boo, but uh, well done. <laughs> keep going. So, during the next 80 years, uh, Floriana would be used by only passing sailors picking up their Christmas post or research teams that would be surveying the area. Now, one of these teams built a shack near the post office, which would be used and refurbished by different teams over the years. But it was still just a shack uh, made of corrugated iron and it had, (laughs) like, a basic stone wall around it. Now, in 1886, Frederick Richter was born in a town of Wolbach in Germany. Now, he'd go on to be a respected physician in Berlin. Richter thought himself as a little bit of avant-garde and he would read philosophers such as Nietzsche and Lao Tzu. He would make his own shoes and even went so far as to design and build his own steel dentures. Okay, right. So the teeth, I mean, that's really weird. How did he make his own shoes? I don't know, but he didn't believe in, I don't want to say normal stuff, but he wanted it to be a little bit different. Like, I mean... This kind of... He would fit in so well with Gen Z. Yeah. This, yeah. I mean, when they find out about this, they'll all be on Florida. They'll all be making their own shoes. Uh, 
Richter also had delusions of grandeur that he would go down as a great philosopher himself with his own personal writings and he would talk to anyone that he could about these writings. Uh, when a patient by the name of Dora Strauss came into his care, he began to push his views onto her and as she was, he was 15 years older than her, she was quite easily influenced and in quick time he kind of broke the Hippocratic oath and they started banging. <laughs> yeah. Diplomatic there, aren't Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they were both married, so broke a lot of oaths here. Mm-hmm. Now, sometime in the late 1920s, Richter, and maybe because of his influence over her, Strauss had decided to leave mainstream society and go and live off the grid. Now, after Richter had read William Baby's book, Galapagos World's End, he decided that Floriana would be the perfect place. After two years of planning, which involved a couple adopting a vegetarian diet, both Richter and Strauss getting divorced and apparently engineering their other halves to meet and trying to facilitate them both into marrying each other. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so that the divorce could be sped up? Because surely the divorce wouldn't be sped up alone by them just going, hey, I've been sleeping with this other person for a really, really long time and uh, we're going to like move to the middle of nowhere and uh, we're just going to be vegetarians and get married. So, hey, are we okay to get divorced? Like, you would just be like, yeah, it's, it's a done deal. You wouldn't need to, you wouldn't need to get them to meet somebody else. Yeah, to, I think, I think this was okay the them. morality issues that they had and they would feel bad if they left them alone. Now, I've only, <laughs> I have only heard one source that this has come from. Uh, so I don't know how 100% true it is, but it was funny enough to try to put it in anyway. Uh, another thing that Richter did was to remove all his teeth before he left. Why? Under the illusion that because they were out there, They'd be on their own. They'd be fending for themselves. They'd have no dentistry equipment available. They'd have no dentists out there. But he also thought his gums would be able to harden up and he would be able to eat food. Hence why he made his steel dentures as a backup plan. Okay, this guy's an idiot. Yes, he he absolutely is. Now... (laughs) Uh, also, can you imagine that? Like, imagine, like, your wife and Dave deciding that they were going to just elope to some random island and then go, hey, you guys, you you two should get together. Me and you would be like, fuck that noise. Yeah. What? No. Yeah. yeah. No. We could, the divorce is okay. We, we're good with the divorce, but no. Yeah. And I mean, as well, there was still a 15-year difference between... The two, you know, I mean... Rick- I mean, there's like a 40-year difference between me and you, so that's even worse. <sighs> I'm joking, man. I love you, really. It'd just be like marrying, marrying my brother. That's yeah. gross. Yeah, there's a lot of videos out there that promote that. Uh, <sighs> step yeah, marrying my uh, really... 
old, much older, very annoying brother that I never asked for. Uh, Myfriendshotdad.com uh, Oh, dear God. So I was just going to say, love you really, but I take it back. The couple arrived on Floriana in 1929 and Dora wrote as soon as they got off the boat. An atmosphere of extreme desolation unfolded this scene and was increased by almost completely dried up lifeless vegetation round about it. So she was stoked to be there. Uh, (laughs) Dry, lifeless vegetation. Well, there goes a fucking vegetarian diet we were hoping for. Yeah. Over the first few days, the couple would explore the island to try and find a suitable place to bake ground on their new homestead. While they actually did stay for these couple of days in the caves of Patrick Watkins using his beds. They eventually found a perfect spot that had a fresh spring, good enough soil to plant and grow vegetables. They named this place Frido which was an amalgamation of both their first names, but obviously Ritter got more letters as Dory only got the O. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe not. You would have... Is it just me? Or if you you heard about this place, right, that was really remote and, like, nobody was really there, would you not maybe just go and visit first and go, yeah, so we we can put a house here... This is where we, we'll have a lot of farm and stuff here, but like just rock up on the day, like no, no forward planning or anything, like, and just hope for the best. No, you go and scout out the area, wouldn't you? <laughs> and then at least, at least live on mainland Ecuador. You know, like live there for a bit and keep visiting every uh-huh. now and then. But they just went, nah, balls deep, we'll go for it. <laughs> this is literally just hoping on a wing and a prayer. Yeah. The couple worked hard digging up and raking the land for their gardens. They built a house from scratch and they started raising cows and chickens. Now, they would... Where did they get the cows and chickens from? So, there was there had been people coming and going in all the years since this has been discovered trying to do the same thing. So they had brought these, I won't say domesticated, but there were animals that were on the land that weren't that didn't inhabit the actual island they were brought in but when these other people got bored and were like this is a fucking shit place let's go back home they left all (laughs) these cows and chickens there so the they basically found the ancestors like they've been living here 200 years taking up the 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 animals that had lived there eating all their food and then fucking making them extinct so Uh, to be fair (laughs) The animals that they brought over actually did better at surviving on their own than the people did. Yes, yes. 100%. (laughs) Now, they would go about the island in only welly boots or knee-high boots because the vegetation would rip the clothes and the humidity was overbearing at times. I don't know how not wearing clothes would stop you getting scratched up to fuck, but they must have got used yeah, to it. Yeah, or like bitten by a snake or like a spider or... They just... Have poison ivy? They just didn't care. They also had a bell down in the where the post office was and the visitors came 
they they would have to ring the bell so these two could get dressed and come down and meet them. <laughs> that what the little sign said next to the bell. Yeah. Visitors, please ring this bell if you're here because we are stark bollock naked and nobody ain't want to go to see that. Pretty much. Ding, 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 yeah, ding, yeah. ding. <laughs> please, dear God. <laughs> uh, so... They would write letters back to their families documenting what they were doing, how they were getting on, and obviously Ritter's philosophy about why and how he was doing it. Now, these letters would end up being published in the German press, which would lead to ridicule of the couple. They were framed as mad nudists who abandoned sanity and societal norms to live out their hippie existence in the arse end of nowhere. And, I would agree with that. Yeah, this basically filled the gossip columns of the nineteen the 1930s German uh, newspapers. But, despite these letters being framed in this way, they actually provided inspiration for several people to actually try and go and live this, this life that they had. A few couples settled for short-term periods, but they soon realised that this wasn't the life for them. And there were no giant tortoises to ride around on. <laughs> so they got pissed off, they left. This up- There's no pubs. That's it. That's what would do it for me. Well, exactly. I mean, yeah. Today there is, but not then. Now oh. Ritter didn't like his peace and quiet being disturbed and he had nothing to do with the interlopers because he he moaned that this was his place, this was his idea, this was his experiment. Why are all these people coming here? When I don't think you can just commandeer an entire island. Well, exactly. Now, you see... He didn't even have a flag. Yep. We'll come back to the irony of this very soon. So, in 1932, Heinz and Margaret Wittmer arrived with their 13-year-old son, Harry, in tow to set up place on the island. This family was in for the long haul. They, they planned to stay. And Ritter was perturbed by this, not only because they were infringing on his solitude, but because Margaret was pregnant and the Whitmans expected the doctor to help out with the birth and prenatal care, which he'd given up that life to do. So he was pissed off. He could have just said no. He could have just been like, no, I ain't no doctor here, so... Yeah, but he did, he did help them out, so he wasn't that bad well he was a terrible doctor because he's shagging his patients but <coughs> late, <laughs> later in the year the unsteady peace that existed on the island between the two couples would be shattered when a third party arrived on Floriana now this third party had no intention of living the peaceful hippie life that the other couples had subscribed to Eloise Bosquet de Wagner Verhorn, or that's a mouthful. The Baroness, as she liked to call herself, was an Austrian who arrived with three men with her. Now, one was her husband, who was Philip Philipson. One was her lover, who was Alfred Lorenz, and one Manuel Vladvisio was their manservant. This is going to go wrong. That guy's called Philip Philipson. Yeah. This is not... It's, we already know how it ended exactly. for Phil Phillips. Yeah, exactly. This is not going to go well for somebody very similar. Exactly. Now, 
Upon their arrival, the Baroness rode into Frido on the back of a donkey, demanded to see where the fresh water spring was, and then she proceeded to wash her feet in it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this obviously pissed them off. I mean, it'll piss me off as well. It's okay, bitch. We got to drink that. Get your fucking skanky feet out of water. Yeah. I can see you can't from here, love. Come on. You could have an athlete's foot or anything. Yeah. To make matters worse, the Baroness announced that she had intentions to build an hotel on the island to entice the million some millionaires to stay. She was apparently using the publicity that the writers the writers letters had stirred up. And to make it even worse for Ritter. A local captain had set up a fishing business using the abandoned research shark. Now, this in turn had attracted sharks into the bay as unused bait and chum were regularly dumped into there. So, during this time, Dora would write in her diary about how lonely she was and how Ritter was overbearing and just would not shut up about Nietzsche and his own fucking boring philosophies. She would find herself spending more time down near the post office with the hunky hunky fisherman who would talk to her about normal things and give her the attention that she actually craved. Betty did. Betty showed her his pole. Oh, yeah. He's... Yeah. <laughs> this is how I catch all the good shit. So, in an ironic twist, the Baroness would take on an attitude of superiority and she declared herself the Empress of Floriana. The Empress of like five people? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Obviously, Richter, who himself thought he was the Emperor because he thought it was his own place, <laughs> didn't like this at all. But the Baroness would also favour Philipson over Lorenz and she would take to mistreating the latter when she was in a bad mood. The only reason this pissed Ritter off is because he could hear his screams and it disturbed the silence where he was trying to write his dull philosophy. Well, he shouldn't have kept writing home or he should have written home and said, this place is dead shit. Nobody wants to move here. So this is a thing as well. He, it is speculated that Ritter actually directly wrote to the press about his experiences and saying how it was. So he's only got himself to blame here. What do you expect, exactly? Really. He was trying to promote this lifestyle, but he didn't want anyone there. So, and then he thought he, he was the only one that should be there, but when other people turned up and thought they should be there, he got pissed off. So he was an idiot. Yeah, clearly. But... On March 27th, 1934, a long, drawn-out scream was heard, and later it would transpire that the Baroness and Philipson had left the island. Now, Lorenz, who had stayed, who had taken staying with the Wittmers when things with the Baroness were rough, claimed that she and Philipson had abandoned the plan for the hotel and caught a boat to Tahiti. Now, I mean, maybe 
the film maybe people got this trope from from this actual story but if you're going to say anyone's gone anywhere surely <laughs> the first island that comes into your mind is oh Tahiti he went to Tahiti yeah yeah I loved yeah. it loved it but, like yeah. just the only place safe from the zombie apocalypse is fucking Tahiti <laughs> exactly I just wish you would just fuck off and move to Tahiti it's yeah it is yeah. always the first yeah exactly yeah. I mean but on the other hand Dora wrote that the Baroness's possessions had been left behind and on the actual day no ships had been at the island because they would have noticed now the Baroness and Philipson were never heard from again and Lorenz set sail back to Germany but, as with all good Agatha Christie novels, months later, his mummified remains were found on another island in the Galapagos. Well. So. Coincidence. Yeah. It's a little bit messed up. But mm-hmm. the intrigue didn't end there. Only a few months after the Baroness and Philipson had left the island, Ritter died from what was alleged to be food poisoning after eating bad chicken. Now, Dora had prepared the meal using what she claimed was sour chicken, but she also claimed Ritter had assured her that if she boiled it well enough, the chicken would be fine to eat. Thought they planned on being vegetarians. There was a vegetable, there was a famine at the time, so this is why. The chickens had died because there was nothing to eat, so this is the reason why they ate them, and this is why they said they were sour. Now, Dora had eaten the same amount of chicken as Ritter, but for some reason she was fine, yet she waited for some time before she called the Whitmers for help. So, a little bit. Just making sure he was actually really dead and not just sleeping it off. Yeah. Both the Whitmers and Dora have written accounts of their time on Floriana and they are like chalk and cheese. They are two different books about the same place and time. It's like, what? how, what? So, Dora claimed that Ritter's passing was peaceful and full of lovey-dovey exchanges and tenderness. Yet, Margaret Wittmer claimed that before Ritter died, he wrote one last message to his beloved, which read, I curse you with my dying breath. (laughs) Right, okay. So... We had a very happy relationship. I hate you, you bitch. Yeah. You did this. You know it. Yeah. Bitch. (laughs) Uh, So, there's a lot of... hmm, Don't know. uh, Conjecture on this one. Uh... It's a bit open and shut, really, if you're yeah, looking at all the to facts. Yeah, be honest with you. <laughs> Dora left Floriana not long after, and she eventually died in 1943 in Germany, while the Wittmers stayed, and Margaret was the last living survivor of the original immigrants up until she died in 2000. There's a hotel on Floriana that the Wittmers built, which is called Wittmer Lodge, original, but <laughs> it's still in operation today. So you can actually go there and 
stay there and I think it's one of her family members that actually still run it today so what about the fisherman did he just stay as well yeah probably she didn't she didn't take him with her no but there are a few hotels on that island now so there's I don't think it's a sustainable population but there's certainly like holidays places that you can go there uh, but yeah it's a lot of shit happened in such a short space of time on this island and it's I don't think there's a lot of mystery to it. They all killed each other. It's like Lord of the Flies, isn't it, really? I was just about yeah. to say it's very Lord of the Flies. They all turned on each other because they just... Can you imagine, like, going on an island and there's only, like, five people there or something and going, fucking hell, it's getting a bit crowded here. I'm not happy with this. Like, there's, like, five people. Why don't you just, like, go to different points of, of the island, like, really far away from each other and just... Yeah. Deal with it. Now the thing the thing about it is as well is because it was a volcanic island, there's there weren't that many places that could sustain veg and there was only like mm. two or three freshwater springs on the island. So you basically had to find a spring, set up your place there. And even when even when the the Richters were setting up their homestead, there was a lot of animal tracks coming to and from the spring because obviously they've had no one there so they were going to use mm-hmm. it and they were told that if you're going to set up a garden here you're going to have animals eating it you can't guard it 24 7 so mm-hmm. you need to be vigilant about it so it's literally in this island that's what i don't, I don't know about 10 square miles there's like 400 meters that's only able to grow veg and shit so they were always going to step on each other's toes. So it, it just seems like a really terrible idea in general to move there. Yeah, yeah, it's it it just it's just crazy that this actually happened. I mean, there is there's a there's a documentary about this which is called uh, Satan in Eden, which is really good. I mean, there's so much stuff that I that I've omitted from this because the Baroness she had a longer lifespan well maybe not a longer lifespan on the island but she had a fruitful lifespan on the island she would greet passing ships she would greet ships that pulled up to the island with uh just in a bra and short shorts with an indiana jones whip and a pistol on a hip living Uh, her best life yeah love it (laughs) exactly now one of dora's favorite cows who she made friends with when Frederick was ignoring her, turned up dead one day, and there was a big inquisition into who had done this and why this had happened. Uh, There's loads of stories of intrigue that went on in such a short space of time because the Baroness was only there for a few months and then they killed her, and then he died, like Richter died, like four months later, so... It, it's there's just so much going on uh but yeah i'd highly recommend the documentary satan came to eden and the dark histories podcast episode about this because they they're just it's just unbelievable how <laughs> mental this was like all these germans just went oh you know what's a good idea 
will go there. Now, granted, I kind of get that it's 1934, so pre-war, the... Great Depression has just happened. They're kind of yeah. gearing up Hitler's in in the offing kind of thing. So maybe you've had enough with it. But Yeah, but it's a bit extreme. Exactly. The Galapagos Move has... to Tahiti like every normal person. Yeah. Or, <laughs> it's the Galapagos has no from what I can find like Germans didn't discover it. You, you, you know, it's Spanish. So what why why would they not go to I don't want to say Austria, but something a little bit more they discovered loads of places in in africa and stuff why why here it's just so random on an uninhabitable island that yeah history up until this point have gone no one's lived there but yet you think you can live here except for a pirate you yeah. nailed it apparently. yeah he smashed out of the park uh yeah <laughs> but he had his doubloons didn't he so uh <laughs> Captain Jack. They sound like a shot. bunch of idiots. Yeah. They 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 really were. I mean Dora was I don't want to say groomed because she was twenty three by the time she met Richter, but she was It's an abusive position. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say overpowered, but that's a wrong word. She was she was pushed into it. I don't think if she would have innocence I mean she wrote a book about it and it's a lot there's a lot of stuff in there about I don't want to say woe is me but she did not enjoy it from day fucking one until day and as soon as I don't blame her it sounds shit exactly I mean and going back to the steel teeth (laughs) she actually had to share the steel teeth with uh, Richter because her teeth rotted and there was no dental instruments, so they had to pull her teeth out with gardening tools. Oh, God. Yeah. And they were sharing a pair of dentures, so... It's a pretty... <laughs> like them three three witches that share the eyeball. Yeah. To see to the future, the fates. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly <laughs> like that. So it was a shit existence for her, and I don't think she wanted to go there. She just wanted to humour him, and then when she got there, it was just shit. Uh, but he was very self-centred. He thought he was the greatest person ever. And even even his philosophy, it, it got slated, like, as if no one's surprised by that. But I think one of, one of the quotes that I read was, it's not even worth your time reading this because <laughs> it's just dull. Uh, nice. So, so yeah, that is the uh, the story of the Floriana affair. Obviously, there's still <laughs> mysteries. No one has ever been charged with any of these. I'm not going to say killings, but these deaths, disappearances, disappearances <laughs> or weird <laughs> happenings. But yeah. Uh, a lot of murder, mystery, and intrigue going on there. Uh, <laughs> Shall we visit? Do you know what? I'd love to go for a day just to see the fucking wooden barrel on a pole. Yeah, same. <laughs> and you can, I think you can do day trips as well from uh, from Ecuador, mainland Ecuador, to it. And cool. uh, go and see it because, like I said, I want to see the pirate cave. Yeah, there, there is still hotels in uh, there. There are hotels in operation on the island, so it 
does do business, I suppose. But like with, I suppose like the Great Barrier Reef, if it's gone down like that, there is wildlife there that's that's that can only be found there, and it is one of the centres of where great discoveries were made. So I suppose it is a big tourist trap. But yeah, yeah, one day, one day, uh, one day. Yeah. We've got to get to the uh, North Pole first to see if we drop off the Earth. Remember, then we'll, then we'll do. This. Yeah, and then find find the Nazis that are still up there. No, they're in Hollow Earth. Yeah, we already know where they are. Yeah, I've just got to figure out how to get down into Hollow Earth. Well, there's... I think it's I think it's the M Cave that Kenny Beach found. I think that's the entrance. I thought I'd, well, there's several entrances apparently according to the theory, and one of them's in the North Pole. So then we can we can go there. Two birds, one stone. Exactly. And then hopefully come up somewhere near the equator and then uh, just jump over about to uh, Ecuador. Yeah? Yeah. Plan. Exactly. It's 2023. 2023. I'll tell you what we'll be doing. We'll be do- <laughs> doing live recordings this year, I tell you. Uh, and on that bombshell, this has been the MO Podcast with me, Contumacious Ant. And me, Atreya. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we shall see you next time. Bye. Bye. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast.